Welcome to the podcast of Trinity Church London. You're listening to a message given on a Sunday morning. If you'd like to know more about us and the life of the church, please visit trinitychurchlondon.com. God's church has been about these moments ever since Pentecost. Let me read from Acts 13, a moment just like this. Now there were in the church at Antioch, now we're in London, prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. This is not the first time this has happened and this is not the last time. God's church has continually been involved with sensing the leadership of the Holy Spirit, sensing someone being a family, a couple being set apart and then praying for them to be sent off to do a a new work in Jesus' name. And so we come to another moment like this. And the question I want to ask and answer this morning, just briefly, I hope, um, without uh, promise, um, (laughs) is this. Um, Why are we doing this today? And why do we do anything related to church? Why do we do preaching? Why do we do church planting? Why do we bother with rotors? Why do we bother laying out team? Why do we do community groups? Have you ever wondered that? Why, why do we do all of this stuff? Why do we have a Sunday like this where we would send the Jamals off? And all the emotions and the risk and the pain and the relationships that we forged are now, why do we do all of this? And we could say, well, because we want to build community, which is a very good answer. It's because we want to help people know Jesus, which is a very good answer. It's because we want uh, to see the kingdom extended, which is a very good answer. But if you were to ask again of all of those things, Why do we do those? Why do we want to build community? Why do we want to help people to come to know Jesus? Why do we want to see the kingdom extended? What's the answer then? We could say, well, because the Bible tells us to do that. That's a good answer. We know because it's good for people. That's a good answer because we want. Why do we do those? You get where I'm going? If you keep asking the question, why? What is the ultimate why for everything that we are about as the people of God? And we need to know this because if we don't have this crystal clear in our minds, a day like today, we could get kind of like grumpy. We could be thinking, why do we have to send the Jamals? Like, they're doing a fabulous job here. There's a lot of people who don't know Jesus here. Why do we have to see this? Why are we sending them and why all the loss here? And we could, Proverbs says this, Proverbs 29 says, where there is no prophetic vision, or we might say where there is no why, The people cast off restraint or they lose energy. They get grumpy sometimes. Why are we doing all the effort? Why are we giving all the money? Why are we all the prayers? Why are we turning up to church? And what, what are we doing here? And this is the question I want us to kind of look at just for a few moments. And so that we have this concrete confidence in the purposes of God and what we are doing as a church. And I'm going to do a very short whistle-stop tour from Genesis to Revelation. It's going to take me about 10 minutes. (laughs) Are you with me? Yeah. 10 minutes. Okay, here we go. All right, it's 42 past. Sound the clacking when it gets to 52 past. 
in Genesis, at the very beginning of time, before timing even existed, before there was nothing, before there was black to be black, God existed. Father, Son and Holy Spirit, eternally and infinitely so, enjoying himself. Father delighting in his Son and the Son delighting in the Father with this overflow of love communicated by the Holy Spirit to the Son and to the Father, completely satisfied in and of themselves, not needing us to be fulfilled. God didn't need to create you and I, you know that, right? finally you complete me no that's not what God said when he created he created out of the overflow of this joy from the father to the son and the son to the father and out of this overflow of love between the Trinity God Father Son and Holy Spirit out of this overflow this desire to share his joy with others he created what we now know is the universe in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth why we're told Psalm 19 says to declare his glory day to day we're told and night to night heavens and earth proclaim the handiwork of the Lord that everywhere that we look around we are looking at glimpses and reflections of the nature and the beauty and the presence of God himself God creates this theatre that displays his worth and his glory and he puts us in the very center of this and he says that we are made in his image which means that we are called to reflect his glory what is God's glory God's glory is his presence and it's his power and it's his beauty why did God create all of this? So that we could reflect back God's glory to himself, knowing that that is the place of ultimate joy. That God, knowing that he couldn't keep this to himself, but wanted to share this and spread this joy and peace with others, so wanted to welcome others into the fellowship of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, knowing this is where there are deep upon deep upon deep joys that you can experience if you would come into fellowship with him. For us to glorify God, it's not to, to beautify him. So when God says, will you glorify me today, church? He's not asking, hey, look, like I need a bit of polishing up or my PR is not doing so well in the West at the moment. Could you really help me out with some kind of reputational increase? So if you worship me, that will look good in the press and stuff like that. Church is growing. That'd be great for my kind of. No, no, we don't. We don't make God more than he is. He is infinitely glorious. What we do is we reflect the worth of God to the world. That we are to reflect the fact that he is infinitely worthy to be praised. And so for God's people, he is not just useful. He is actually, for us, he is captivating. We don't worship God if you're new to church, so that, hey, this week I've got stuff going on, I'd really like him to help me out with that job interview. If I go to church on Sunday, you know, I scratch his back, he scratch my back, this could work out well. No, we don't worship God because he's useful for us. Hey, yeah, it's great for me. I get, I get stuff and I get blessing. I feel good about my life. I'm spiritually fulfilled. We worship God primarily because he has captivated our hearts, because he is 
wonderful he is beautiful we have looked into the face of jesus christ and found someone who is infinitely strong and infinitely kind loved us like no one else could ever love us who died for our sins was resurrected and now is our lifelong friend through this life and the life to come and we look at his face and we say, i don't want to be with anyone else but you jesus Amen. this is why we glorify because he's captivated our hearts and yet what we have done in our hearts, every single one of us, is walked away from the glory of the presence and the beauty and power of Jesus Christ. We've all done it. Everyone in this room, everyone outside of this room. And we have lost a sense of the glory of God. And the nations have fallen into darkness. That there is a blindness to the glory of Jesus. That people don't get it. I remember being not a Christian, sitting in church in an old Baptist church with pews, and the preacher would drone on for hours, it felt like. And I would lay there with my head like this, thinking, this is just boring. Like, why does he keep talking? No one said anything. But that was like my thinking. (laughs) I was like, I just didn't get it. Like, what, what is it about church? I did not see the glory of Jesus. There were other people worshipping, but I did not get it. Because a darkness had fallen over my mind and I couldn't see the glory of Christ. But here is a good thing. God pursued me and he pursued you and he is pursuing the nations. That when we walked away from him, when Adam and Eve, our forefather and foremother, walked away from God and the glory of God, when we became blind to what is actually real in life, what happened is that God chose to not leave us and say, well, over to you then, you can just, that's what you want to do. He pursued us. He hunted us down because he knew that you need to be in relationship with me if your soul is going to be filled with joy and peace. And so what did God do in the Old Testament? He created these moments and these places where his glory would dwell. He first a little tabernacle, a tent, where he said, I will pour out my glory. My presence will rest here so you can come to this place and know my beauty and my majesty and my strength. Later in the temple, Uh, this this, uh, consecrated temple in Jerusalem God poured out his glory in this place which is why God's people were so desperate when it was ransacked and destroyed because it wasn't just like it's not like oh it's a shame we can't meet at the coin street anymore no the temple represented the fact that God's glory had been made accessible to God's people if they would bring sacrifices to this temple and so where there was no temple there was no glory there was no God how can we know God in this place And yet God chose to continue to pursue us and came in Jesus Christ, this miracle baby born to a virgin woman, born, we're told, full of grace and truth, overflowing with glory, we're told. And that he said that whenever you look at me, you are looking at God the Father. God comes down now, not just in temple form by his Holy Spirit, but in bodily form in Jesus Christ to pursue us. And he says that, you know, he looks at the temple and says, look, you could destroy that and I'll rebuild it in three days. And they laugh at him because it took them 40 plus years to build. Think you can't do that because Jesus was actually talking not about the building, but about his own body and prophesying the fact that when you crucify me, which is going to happen, I'm going to be resurrected because I am the brand new temple. Why do we not need to go to Jerusalem anymore to go meet with God? Because we have Jesus Christ. And every time we turn to him by faith, we are looking looking to the living, breathing temple of glory, the presence of God. Amen. And Jesus came. Jesus came. 
and his plan to extend the knowledge of the glory of the Lord was was happening through this that it was going to cost him because to know the glory of the God as those who have a lack of glory to know him required some sacrifice and atonement for sin and Jesus Christ comes to Jerusalem one Passover feast and he comes to make the final sacrifice not this time of an animal but of his own life and when he goes to be crucified on the cross what he does as it were is he becomes this kind of reverse black hole if you will that sucks in not all of the light so that there is just darkness and density left but he sucks in all of the darkness and all of the sin of the world into his body for everyone who would believe into his own body and he is crucified with our sin so that when we look at the cross what we see is actually the glory and the Shekinah light of God shining forth that we see the true nature of the grace and glory of God here on the cross he sucks in your sin and my sin everyone who believes into himself and as this moment happens the the curtain temple was torn in two from top to bottom not man doing this but God's work top to bottom so that the presence of God the glory of God that we are made to know for our peace and joy that was contained in this temple could break forth from the temple and roll out like a spiritual tsunami blessing people with salvation and opening eyes wherever people receive the gift of the Holy Spirit so that they could know this glory because the glory could not be contained he'd always said I can't be contained in a temple this is only a temporary deal Habakkuk prophesied that one day the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea how do the waters cover the sea well waters is the sea and the sea is the water everywhere one day the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to be and this rolls out and when God pours out his Holy Spirit at Pentecost what happens is he's pouring out his Holy Spirit the eyes are open to see the glory of God what is it to become a Christian it is to see that Jesus is worthy of everything this is what Paul says he says this of what it is to become a Christian it's not about moral, moral um, improvement it's not about becoming a churchgoer. It's about seeing that Christ is worth giving up everything for. He says, in their case, those who don't yet believe, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim as Trinity Church Sunday is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Jesus Christ so why am I here today when at 16 I found church and Jesus boring because my eyes were opened to see Christ is worthy of worship he is glorious I don't need to have my arm twisted to look to Jesus and find joy I look on Jesus and joy fills my heart that is what it is to become a Christian and so our role as a church is to continue to expand the knowledge of the glory of the Lord across the face of the earth because one day it will be fulfilled so why do we exist as Trinity Church London why is it that we exist as a church and why do we do what we're doing 
We do all of this to see the glory of God known across London and the nations. We want to build community to see the glory of God known, knowing that's where joy and peace is. That's why we're made. That's why the earth was created. Why do we help people know Jesus? Because we want to see the glory of God known across London and the nations. And it has to be so. We cannot contain our vision to Waterloo or to London or even Birmingham or UK or South Africa. We have to think about the nations because we are part of God's story and this is what God is doing. So we are simply syncing ourselves up with history, knowing that one day there is an end coming where the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. Okay. But here's the thing, and in a few short moments we're going to be just gathering the Jamals together. When the Holy Spirit came and opened up eyes at Pentecost, this is not what happened. People didn't think, this is great. I know God without having to bring an animal sacrifice anymore. Like I know him personally as a friend. I'm filled with his presence. Paul now tells me I'm a living, walking temple of God, that God lives with inside me. This is like unbelievable stuff. I'm just going to carry on now and doing my individual thing with my life. People don't, didn't at Pentecost all disperse and think, right, that was a, that was a great meeting. Wow. Like, I guess we'll see you at the wedding feast of the Lamb. Uh, yeah, I've got business to be about now. What happened when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost? They actually gathered together and formed a church. This is what happened when the Holy Spirit came upon some 3,000 people at Pentecost. Acts 2. If you've been in church, you will have heard this before. But let me read what happens when the glory of God comes. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Why does God compel a church to gather together and to do this? Because as we gather together, we can display the glory of God in ways that we cannot do individually. Who knows that you meet God in a particular and powerful way when you gather with his people on a Sunday? Like you only have to think about lockdown and what that did to your soul to know that you need the glory of the presence of God that comes when you gather together with his people. If you try and go solo as a Christian, you will lose the glory. Your soul will become empty because you will wonder, why am I lacking in peace and certainty and joy in my life? Because you're trying to go solo, God has designed us to be together, to display the worth and the magn to magnify the name of God. That when we come together as a diverse people, all worshipping, 
one man, Jesus Christ, we actually glorify God in a way that we cannot do when we live solo lives. Who is this Jesus who would gather people from every demographic and every nation and every tongue and every tribe into one place, into one community, and everyone gives this one man? How worthy is this leader of praise if he can gather such a diverse group of people together in one place we magnify the worth of jesus we glorify the name of jesus by the way that we love one another jesus says when you love one another people will know you're my disciples your love for one another will actually point you to jesus when you care for each other when you give people your time and your money and you help each other through the thick and thin of life your love will magnify the worth of jesus paul even says that you now are being built together into a place where the holy spirit can dwell so that as this church exists and other churches exist, there are actually these portals created, as it were, between heaven and earth, these temple-like moments where others who don't yet know Jesus could come amongst us and sense the presence of their creator calling to them, inviting them into the fellowship of God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. London and the nations needs churches that exist to see the glory of God known.